kind of gave you, like you said, that excuse to kind of continue traveling, if you will, or living vicariously through these people that you were speaking to on your podcast. So, you know, I'm definitely glad you did it, even though it's more dormant right now. But like you said, it's evergreen conversations. And I definitely felt like it listening to it. I don't feel like, you know, that they were two, three years ago or anything like that. And uh, like you said, you can always add to it in the future. It's always going to be there for you. So any other new um, avenues or phases in your life, you can definitely, you know, publish new blog posts or add to the podcast. And I know the last episode that I heard that you posted on it was about you doing this thing called Running Lake Michigan. So I'm ecstatic to hear more about that. I know you just, you know, finished it a few months ago. If you can let us know what you were doing with that. Yeah, so I was planning to make more podcast episodes. Cause I think in that one, I'm like, this is just the introduction. I'm going to do some more. Uh, and then it didn't happen. Just, it got crazy planning. And during the actual run, uh, the converse, possibility of a podcast episode wasn't really possible, but, um, yeah. So running Lake Michigan was an idea I had. Um, I, it was an idea I had to really challenge myself to a, a level that, I hadn't even come close to with running and beyond. Um, so I I guess kind of the timeline, how it happened was in July of last year, so July, 2020, I did this running challenge called the Calendar Club, which is each day of the month, you run that many miles corresponding to the day. So July 1st, I ran one mile, July 2nd, two miles, July 3rd, three miles, so on and so forth, all the way until the end of the month, which July was 31 days. So, um, so, you know, the last week of that, you're doing 25 miles and 26 miles and 27. So that was a really cool way to challenge my abilities in um, running. And I mean, I really didn't know if I was going to be able to complete it. It sounded super, super challenging. And um, I got through it relatively easy you know, relatively easy. Like I felt good throughout nothing too painful or, um, I just was really surprised by how well my body held up. Um, and during my running career, I've followed some people who've done things that just like blow that out of the water, like people who've run across America who, and they've been, you know, doing 40 plus miles a day for 75 days. So, I was seeing these people do this while I'm training for like one day of 30 miles. And I'm just thinking like, how is this possible? Like, there's no way that people can do this. And, but I was watching it happen, you know, on Instagram or whatever. And I was just so amazed by it and super intrigued by that possibility. So after doing the calendar club, that was sort of the first thing I've done where it had like those big back-to-back days. Um, kind of continuous. So I started to think about, okay, well, maybe I'm at a place now with running where I could try to do something to a larger scale, um, maybe run across America. I don't know. Um, and then in August, I was laid off from my job. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got some time right now. Maybe it's the perfect situation to try to go after one of these running things. So for whatever reason, um, I thought, you know, I wonder if anyone's run around Lake Michigan. It's close to home. It wouldn't require as much of a time and uh, 
resource commitment as running across America would. And there's only one other person that I could find who has done it before. So I kind of went with it and said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to make this my challenge. I'm going to try to run around Lake Michigan, which the route that I took was 1,104 miles. Um, and the previous, the only guy who's done it before did it in 40 days. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to try to do it in less than 40 days. Um, played around with the math and I decided that 36 days would be a good goal because it averaged to right about 31 miles a day, which is a 50 K, which is like a common ultra distance. So, (laughs) um, started training. I mean, I really started training with the calendar club, but I just didn't know it yet. So hired a running coach in October of 2020. And, uh, I originally set out to start in the middle of winter. So I gave myself three months to train, but I uh, had a minor injury and had to push it back to March. So trained all through winter in Chicago, which was quite interesting with the snow and negative degree wind chill and whatnot. Um, and then on March 14th, um, I left Chicago on the lakefront trail, started heading north, and then worked my way around the whole lake in 36 days and got back to the same spot on a- uh, April 18th. That is amazing. So you... <laughs> Met your goal of exactly 36 days, which is four days less than the only other human known to man that have done this exact route. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. And I know you're just like blowing through these numbers like, oh, yeah, 1,104 miles and 31 miles a day. And you're just really blowing through these numbers. But I really want to like pause and draw attention to what a big deal (laughs) it is because we're just listening to like oh these numbers and you know so many kilometers and miles a day but it is a lot that's a lot of miles to run every single day nonstop. so how many hours a day were you running and like what did a typical day look like as far as breaks and meal times and sleeping goes (laughs) yeah so um the days were long, as you can imagine, but um, I would normally wake up around um, like 730-ish, um, and then we were we had an RV with us too, so the whole time I had an RV that myself and one other person who acted as the driver and like the sole support crew helping me with meals and um, finding places to stop and finding places to stay overnight and um, all these other tasks that just were so, so much more than we thought. Um, but so we'd wake up and I'd have a smoothie made from the night before with just a ton of good stuff and calories to kind of kickstart the day and get some energy. Um, and then I usually try to be running by like 830. So give myself an hour to kind of wake up, get everything situated on smoothie down, whatever, and then get out the door and get going. So the RV was awesome to have because we just kind of, I just kind of played leapfrog with it all day. So in the morning say, okay, here's a spot four miles up on the route. Um, I'm going to start running and I'll meet you at that spot in four miles. So I meet them, use the bathroom, refill any water, get any more food, take a longer rest if I need to, and then keep going. Um, and usually like anywhere from four to eight mile increments. Um, and we just did that the whole day until we got the mileage for the day. So 
early on, I tried to like ease into it a little bit with closer to like 28 mile days. And then um, after like day 11, 12, I kind of started getting into closer to like 31 to 40 miles a day, um, depending. But early on was just really, really, really bad. Like my <laughs> body was just so beat up and it was pretty beat up going into it from training. I had like a lingering issue with uh, my leg, my right leg, um, just from so much training, like to give an example for, there's a four week period where every weekend for, for the training, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I would have a minimum four hour run. So normally Friday was four hours of running. Saturday was like closer to five hours. And then Sunday was like five and a half to six hours, um, which for me at the pace I was going was at least a marathon plus. So that was just the training to like get ready for these big days. And, you know, my body definitely took a beating through that. Um, so my right leg was so the muscles were so tight in it, like from the get go that the, like the muscles were locking up and pulling on the tendons in my knee and just, and anytime I'd get close to like five, six miles, like it would just hurt a lot. So I went into it with that, hoping that it would just kind of work itself out. Cause I've had stuff kind of like that before that seems to figure itself out. So <laughs> I was just saying, all right, we're all in, we got to figure it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, there were some of the early days, like days, days two through 10 were really, really tough. Uh, there were some days where I walked probably 98% of the steps, um, was dealing with just all different types of weather conditions. I did, um, my left ankle blew up to about the size of a melon. It was so swollen. And then meanwhile, I'm still being, dealing with the issues in my leg and my right knee. So uh, early on was very, very challenging. And I felt like every day was harder than the last and just every possible shit that I could get thrown at me was getting thrown at me. Um, but then by kind of day 11, hit a little bit of a turning point and uh, was a lot better from then on and was pretty much running every, all the whole days from then on. So it was a weird, uh, weird start for sure. Well, I'll give it to you for having optimism, thinking, oh, I already have this muscle tendon issue in my knee, but it'll figure itself out <laughs> somewhere along the way in this month. <laughs> so, okay, so terminology wise, a marathon is 26 miles. Am I right? Yeah, 26.2. Okay. And then you were running 31 miles a day. I average, yeah. Yeah. So you were doing f five miles above a marathon's distance every day for 36 days. Yes. Have you heard of anyone else that does this? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> Weirdly, yes. There okay. Are, I guess um... I just have sedentary friends, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> I'm talking about myself. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, there's a few people who've run across America. So um, I've followed some people like that. So, um, but it's, it's pretty uncommon to find people who've done stuff like this. And, you know, there's some, there's some just absolutely insane races out there. Like, um, there's this one is a 250 mile race in Arizona. It was from like Flagstaff to Phoenix, or maybe the opposite way, Phoenix to Flagstaff. And, 
So there's, you know, there's some huge races out there that the numbers just baffle you. And you're like, this is how, how is this possible? Stuff like that. Um, I mean, the, the longest single day race I've done is a 50 miler um, still to this day. And that was a one day race. So, um, so I've never, you know, a lot of people aim to do like a hundred mile race and some other bigger distances, but um, yeah. So I mean, there's people out there who do big stuff like this. You just got to find them. And uh, I think it's becoming a little bit more prevalent or popular. I think more people are realizing that they can do things like this and they want to push themselves and they have a lot of kind of untapped potential if they're willing to kind of go out and do that. And, you know, don't do that overnight. You definitely need to build up like, um, but I mean, I think it's, I'm a good testament that you don't have to follow a traditional path to that, you know, from going from a half marathon in September, 2018 to doing 31 plus miles a day in 2021, you know, that's, you can get there quicker than you think. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a testament knowing that, you know, you didn't always start out being a runner right off the bat, like, you know, cross country or whatnot in high school. So you you know, barely started a few years ago. So that's definitely encouraging to hear. But still, that is really crazy. And I cannot even imagine. (laughs) So (laughs) you are considered an ultra runner. So is there so there's such thing as an ultra marathon, right? How many miles is that? Yeah, so the ultra marathon is such a I mean, it's a good term, but it's super misleading too, because basically an ultra marathon is anything over a marathon. Okay. So if you do 27 miles, you've run an ultra marathon because you've done more than a marathon, but also 250 miles is an ultra marathon. So <laughs> it's, it's a huge spectrum. It's just anything above a marathon. Okay. So the, a really common distance for uh, someone looking to do their first ultra is a 50k which is 31 miles um that's that's the first ultra i did that's it's just a a good way to kind of get into the world of ultra running i guess um and that's a pretty popular distance okay so if you want to be called an ultra runner it means that you've done an ultra marathon yep which again could be 27 miles if you do a marathon then run an extra 0.8 you've done an ultra marathon so The the term is, uh, like I said, a little misleading because there's ultra marathoners who have done a ton of hundred mile races or 200 mile races. And then there's ultra runners who only stick to 50 Ks. So, Mm. um, you know, it's not to undermine either or, you know, they're both impressive in their own right and have their place, but um, it's just, yeah, it's all over the place. Okay. In that case, I probably do have some friends that are ultra runners and they didn't even realize it because I know I've had <laughs> friends that I have done marathons <laughs> or, go. you know, above a marathon. Yeah. And did you, when you were raising money during the late running Lake Michigan, weren't you for Alzheimer's? Yep. Uh, so I was raising money for the Alzheimer's association, um, because my, uh, my grandma on my mom's side had like dementia and cognitive impairment and Alzheimer's type stuff for uh, 13 years went from her first, like when she was first diagnosed um, up until the end of her life, which was um, September of last year. So almost a year ago. 
Um, so it kind of like I knew I was going to raise money for something with this endeavor. You know, I, st I did it um, initially to as a challenge to myself and to push myself, but knew I wanted to do something kind of beyond myself as well with it. Um, so I didn't know what I was going to raise money for for a while, but um, then it just kind of made perfect sense to raise money for Alzheimer's with um, my grandma's battle and seeing how it affected her and everyone in my family and, and how we've come together for that. So um, it just kind of made perfect sense with the time. Okay. How was that like? I know you had like a helper assistant that was with you, you know, in the uh, trailer. Yeah, the RV. Trailer, RV, RV. Yeah. Uh, did they help with, you know, the the donation part or were you more in charge of that? And then what were the results of, of you raising money for Alzheimer's? Yeah, so the donation part really took a life of its own. Um, from the, I started raising money in October when I announced I was going to do it. Um, and at that point, it was just a Facebook fundraiser. And um, like, I didn't really have any contact with the Alzheimer's Association. I said, I'm doing this. Um, and bef so before I even started, like the day I left, um, March 14th, the fundraiser had already reached $25,000, which was mind boggling to me. Cause my goal was, my goal was initially $5,000 knowing that I would probably hit it and I would raise it to like 10,000 or something. But, um, I hit 5,000 in a matter of weeks from announcing it. So I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, I need to raise it. And um, one of the coaches that um, works at this place in Chicago called Edge Athlete Lounge, her name's Robin. And I was talking with her right at this time and she's like, raise it way higher than you are comfortable with. Like do it 25K. <laughs> I'm like, oh my, I'm, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so much. There's no way I'm going to reach, reach that. She's like, no, do it. Like you're doing a big thing. You need a big fundraiser. So I'm like, all right, I'll do it. So, um, so yeah, then we reached 25,000 before I even set foot on the run. And then during the run, it went up, just kept climbing, you know, people, they'd see the RV. I had a big decal on the back. I'll send you a photo of that as well. So you can throw it in, but I had a big decal with the info about the run with a QR code. So you can scan and donate right there from your phone. Um, and just people throughout sharing the message. I mean, I had so many friends and family members and people from the Alzheimer's Association just share it on their networks, which brought in so much. Like most of the donations are people who I don't know or have maybe met once. Or um, So it was just amazing to see how many people were willing to donate to that, um, which just is a testament to how wide reaching the disease is. You know, it's it was amazing in a way, but sad because so many people are affected by that and have a story or have some sort of connection with a parent or a grandparent or friend who have been affected by that. So um, ultimately, it's the fundraiser is actually still open, I think, and we are like just under $70,000. So blew all my goals out of the water is just truly incredible and was so amazed by people's support and generosity. That is amazing. That's so inspirational. <laughs> so it was something that, you know, you didn't even, like, you didn't even have it in mind at first, you know, you were just thinking, oh, I'm going to run, run around like Michigan. And then why not couple that with 
a amazing cause and something that you did for your grandmother. And that's just amazing. And, you know, $70,000, that's just crazy. <laughs> so congrats on, on doing that and having accomplished what you have done. It's like, you know, we think about what are the things that we do in life that make us feel accomplished and make us feel like we made it, you know? And this is definitely something that is out of the ordinary. It's not, oh, I got an award at my job or, you know, I got a promotion, which all of that is great as it is, but this is something that you did all on your own with really no guideline on how to accomplish it. And look at the support that you had behind <laughs> you. Yeah, that's when I earlier, when we mentioned my parents and how they've been, I've put them through some tough situations and their willingness to support me. You know, this was definitely maybe the the top one, you know, after leaving for nine months to go travel solo. I know that was definitely a little stressful for them to just have to kind of watch that and worry about my safety. And then to do something like this, where, you know, they were worried if I'd be able to walk again, or if I was just going to absolutely wreck my body. So um, I think early on, they were a little like, oh, gosh, what's going on? Like, is something wrong with our son? <laughs> um, but once they saw how serious I was about it, and um, like I built a website and they saw how, how good it looked and kind of the message. I think they quickly got on board and were willing to support. So again, you know, that's one of those things that I'm grateful. I don't have to stress about having, if they would have disowned me or thought, you know, we're not supporting this. This is too crazy. Um, you know, that would have added a whole different level of stress and maybe I wouldn't have done it, you know? So, um, again, you know, that's something very grateful for in my life. Yeah, really good on you because, you know, I can see a lot of people saying that, oh, it's too difficult. There's, you know, I have obstacles, I have family obligations, whatnot. But, you know, I commend you for having the courage and I guess audacity to just go beyond what people expect. And this is like really amazing. Like this is like your legacy, you know, you've done something really, truly unique and that's just um so selfless and you know I'm sure these thousands of people that you know were part of this journey with you are super appreciative of it and it really meant a lot to them thank you yeah it's uh it's really cool to see the, the outcome of it and kind of look back and reflect on the whole experience thank you so much for sharing I feel honored to have you know been a part of listening to <laughs> you witnessing this amazing journey that you had just amazing um, so to kind of wrap up the show, is there something that you are working on now that you would like to give a shout out to so that the listeners know where to find you after this? Yeah, so currently um, working, so with the Running Lake Michigan, I actually, like I said, I had one person with me at all times, um, acting as the driver and, and whatnot, but um I had three different people throughout. So um, the first one was this guy named Riley, who's a filmmaker and actor out of New York City. Um, the second one was kind of like a family friend connection. Her name is Patty. And then the last driver for the final two weeks was my dad. So um, Riley, the first driver, is helping me to create sort of like a mini documentary about the experience. 
So during the run, we got a lot of footage of um, obviously running and sort of the scenery we're in with a GoPro, some action shots. We did interviews in the RV like every other night, like me sitting down, talking about the day, answering Riley's questions and the experience and, you know, where my mind is at and just things like that. So um, we're working on creating that like mini doc, you know, it won't be super long, probably around 10 to 15 minutes just to kind of give some better insight into the experience and what it was like. Um, so we don't have a release date yet, but we're hoping for sometime this year, maybe late fall. Um, so if you want to like learn more about that or um, kind of keep up to date, my Instagram is the main form of social media I use. It's just my name at Lee Thornquist. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't post that often. I have a very love hate relationship with Instagram Currently, it's deleted on my phone, but I'll have to re-download it, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, but any announcements related to the documentary will go on there. And um, I'm sure I'll have some projects in the future uh, with running and some challenges. So that will all be on the Instagram. That's amazing. I'll be looking out for the documentary on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Don't think it's going to Netflix. We have to uh, make it a little longer for that. Hey, you never know. Minimalism got there. I don't even know what that is. Oh, um, it's a documentary. I think it's called Minimalism. It's the Little Things. I think that's what it's called. And they have like two now. They have like a sequel now. And it's like these guys that, um, you know, started, I, they got like a producer to record kind of their journey about converting to a minimalist lifestyle. I'm really surprised you don't know it. I feel like you're yeah. like, you would be like a spokesperson for like this type of lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, check it out. Um, It's yeah, it's on Netflix and I don't think they intended it on it to be like a huge thing either. And then it turned into like, I think it's like an hour long documentary. And then they like went on tour and wrote a book and it like turned into this huge thing. And now they have a sequel. I haven't watched the sequel yet. But that's just what I was thinking of. So you never know if you're going to get on Netflix and this is going to turn into this two hour long documentary. <laughs> I mean, we've got footage to make it that long. So if anyone has a, a plug at Netflix, hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Don't leave anything out. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's my goal. You know, I don't want to not, it's not to sugarcoat anything or like be like, oh, look, look at this. It's just I want to show the the raw footage and what what it was like because you know there were some very dark tough moments and times where I'm like there's no way and um so just to show that because you know I think that's what people really relate to and can uh can kind of use in their own life to to get through tough times and and realize it'll get better so yeah that's what I like to say too is like that raw honesty unfiltered footage of your emotional state you know the first (laughs) two to ten days where it was just everything was just crashing down on you (laughs) yeah we've got some good stuff with that that's and that's the interesting stuff honestly like it was it was harder to do interviews towards the end because I didn't have much to say it was just like yeah I'm feeling good I'm feeling strong like it's kind of boring when things are going really well, which is so screwed up and why we like drama. But um, <laughs> that's kind of the reality of, of something like that. You know, the, the tough moments are, are the interesting ones. So, Oh, the human condition. 
Exactly. <laughs> and uh, do you care to share the website for this documentary and your blog? Yeah. Um, so runninglakemichigan.com is everything related to the run. Um, and that's, I mean, the, the documentary will probably end up just being on YouTube. Um, but, you know, it'll have links on, on the website and, and everything. And um, if you do want to check out the, the old travel blog or podcast, it's just edgeofcomfort.com. And uh, the Edge of Comfort podcast is in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, things like that. Um, but I, I know you said some of the episodes weren't loading or whatnot, but I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look into that to make sure it's still up, but it should be. So. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, still, you know, very relevant material. I feel like anything with traveling, it's always going to be relevant to the individual because not everyone has been to, you know, certain places that they can look at your blog and say, oh, I've never been to Cambodia. Let me look at what's good to eat there or, <laughs> you know, what hostel to stay at. So yeah, I really encourage everyone to check out Lee's blog and the, the amount of work that he's put into it thus far, which is just excellent content and what he's going to put out in the future. And I'm sure we'll hear you about you more and someone get him on Netflix, please. <laughs> okay. So now uh, this is the last segment of the show, which I think it's interesting to hook our listeners up with something that you recommend. So it's called the hook you up segment. And it's just something that, that has added, you know, some value or benefits to your life that you would like to share with people kind of like how, you know, you didn't know the movie minimalism and I just told you about it. So <laughs> <laughs> there's an example. Yeah. So go for it. Yeah. Um, I think I, there's, there's so many I could say, I think the, the main one I do want to shout out is uh this guy named rich roll he um his book is called finding ultra and this was a book that i read like right when i just started running and it totally like transformed the way i looked at running and the possibilities that um people and maybe myself could attain um this guy was a hardcore alcoholic was like 50 pounds overweight, just living an awful, awful life in what he described as awful. He ended up getting sober. Um, but even after five, six years of sobriety, he um, was still super overweight, eating like shit, feeling awful, was not an athlete at all. Um, you know, he'd previously been a swimmer at Stanford, but was just super overweight and out of shape and had trouble walking upstairs. And it's about this total transformation. He went from that to uh, absolute like running God, essentially. Like if any like long distance runners or ultra runners, like they know of Rich Roll just because of what he's done. Um, and he ended up doing and competing in an event called an Ultraman, which is a double Ironman. So it's uh, like five mile swim, followed by a 224 mile bike ride or something, followed by a 52 mile run, a double marathon. So just, you know, going from that to super overweight alcoholic to doing that, you know. So that is a book I highly recommend. Um, it's, it's super like 
kind of has a spiritual element to it and uh, just really easy read. You know, even if you don't care about running or don't want to run, I still encourage you to read it. It's just a good story in general. Um, and then he also has a podcast called the Rich Roll Podcast. Um, just incredible conversations. He's got a lot of good guests on there. Some you, you definitely would recognize the name and just gets people in like super, um, he's able to, I don't know what it is about him, but he's able to really get people to open up and be vulnerable and, and share a lot about their lives and, and stories. So um, every time I listen to an episode, I always walk away with some nugget of wisdom or some tidbit or a new, something new to look at or to explore. Um, so highly recommend both his book and podcast and bet you'd, uh, you'd find some value from either or both. So is the ultra iron man is that what you said is yeah, that uh, called the Ultraman? <laughs> oh the Ultraman. okay <laughs> is that done in one day um it is i don't know if it's stages or if it's just you once you start you figure out however much you want to do so i know he slept at some point probably split up the bike a little bit um because it, it is I think it was in Hawaii. Um, so, you know, the swim takes, that's the shortest. You can do that in a few hours. And then the bike, I think, took him. He did a big chunk of it, then slept, and then did another chunk, and then the run. But I don't know if it's required stages or if it's just once it starts, go however you want to about it. That's amazing. It kind of sounds like maybe a double triathlon to me. Is that kind of what yeah, it is? It's, it's a double Ironman, essentially. So oh, the Ironman okay. is like the mecca of triathlons in a way. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a double one of those. Double. And even, yeah. And even since then, he's done some other insane endurance challenges too. So um, that's just the one he talks about in the book most. Yeah, those are great recommendations. I feel like Rich Roll is a little more mainstream now. I definitely see mm -hmm. his name pop up more often and what he's done with the podcast. I've listened to him back, you know, maybe seven years ago, I heard about him because that's when I was looking into veganism. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. He's a big avid speaker of veganism and mm -hmm. that's when I learned about him and you know he was one of the first people to talk about how to feel your body being an ultra athlete and he made it just sound so easy he's like oh yeah, yeah. I love eating medjool dates like I always have medjool dates in my pocket when I'm running and I'm <laughs> like is this guy for real like it's that easy he just made it sound like anyone can be vegan and especially attaining this high level of athleticism and he wasn't even phased by it. So I definitely heard a lot more from him during that period of my life when I was looking into, you know, health and veganism and, you know, that, that arena, can you really be vegan and be, you know, not just healthy, but be an optimal athlete in your prime. So I haven't listened to him recently, but is he, is he still vegan? Oh yeah. I assume and, he is. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, uh, he, I, like I have, I've been vegan for the last two years now. <gasps> so I did all, uh, I did all these runs on the vegan diet, running Lake Michigan, all vegan 50 mile run, vegan diet. Uh, all my ultras have been on vegan diet. So 
it's uh it's possible and i've felt good and and it started as a month experiment i said i'm going to do it for one month see if i can do it see how i feel and now it's two years later so <laughs> oh my gosh okay we have to talk about this like we'll, we'll have our own like ritual version of like lee uh ultra runner vegan diet go like we'll have we'll, we have to talk about this see this oh, yeah. is proof to everyone that when you're vegan that's not the first thing you bring up in conversation because you know you see all these memes that's like how do you know when a vegan walks into a bar because they tell you immediately <laughs> you see like lee and i have been talking for two hours and even before this, we've talked on the phone and neither of us knew that we were both vegan. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so we don't, that is not the first thing that we bring up. Okay. We don't, that's not the first thing we talk about, <laughs> <laughs> but now that we know we're totally geeking out about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so much more closer to you now. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it is a, a good, like it's, grown in popularity I think more people are willing to at least try it out and my whole thing is like I'm never gonna push it on anyone but if someone's interested in it or wants to learn about it I'll talk about it for as long as they want to um I found food is like religion to people so just if you know again I plan to do it for one month and just to see if I could and how it would feel and now it's two years later so and I don't know if it will be forever, but it's working well for me so far. And I don't see any reason to go back anytime soon. So, yeah. Uh, so, you know, while we're talking about this, if you guys want to tweet us with questions, just do hashtag MFMPPod and ask any questions for Lee to come on in the future, like specifics about his diet, maybe like changes that he's felt in his body or running prior to being vegan and after, and it doesn't have to be just about that, but just like future questions that we can talk about. Um, just send me a tweet and we can, you know, have those ideas for the future. I would love to hear what everyone else is wondering also, other than just what I want to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. You are a wealth of knowledge and life experiences at like I'm guessing like mid-20s so you're like doing amazing already and just an inspiration for anyone that loves adventure and wants to get out of their comfort zone and be you know get out of their edge of comfort if you will <laughs> perfect yeah <laughs> that's, uh, that's why I named it that <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so, so much. This is the end of our conversation, but I feel like we're going to hear a lot more from you pretty soon. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you like the podcast, I would love it if you can leave me a five-star review on iTunes. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest at MFMPpod. And consider supporting the show at patreon.com slash mfmp to gain access to exclusive content and bonus perks. And to keep the conversation going, you can tweet me to ask a question or share a comment about what you heard. 
I would also love to see you post stories to Instagram or Facebook of you listening to the pod or trying any of the activities or recommendations introduced from the Hook You Up segments by my guests or myself. Tag me in your stories or posts at MFMPPod so I can see and maybe also share along. Until then, stay tuned to hear more from the many faces of many places.